0: This is Rusty James. It is August the 3rd, 2015, and this is the ride. Well, good morning, everybody. It is Monday morning. I've got Java bursting through my veins right now, ready to Enjoy my trip to work? Is that an oxymoron? Can you enjoy your your ride to work? Not long ago, I felt like I couldn't. But I can right now. So I thank the Lord for that. And if you are unable to enjoy your ride to work today... I ask the Lord right now to give you favor and blessing in your job, in what you do for a living, or what you do as you were living. You know what? That's a cool way to look at it. My job is not my living. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Your job is not your living. Your life is defined by something much, much greater than what you happen to do to bring home a paycheck. And the sooner you can realize that, the better. You know, I'm driving to work today, it's it's overcast, it's cooler now, now that a storm blew through last night, I hope everybody is safe and sound. But it's overcast. One could look at the day and think, "Ugh, what a dreary day." But I am enjoying this day because it's something that God has made for me to enjoy. And I'm going to I'm going to do the best I can today. How about you? The best you can. God doesn't really ask for more than that. I believe that's true. He's not asking you to do anything more than what you're capable of doing. But what he is asking us to do is to trust him that he will work in our lives to do the things that we can't do. Which brings me to my topic today. I was recently thinking about the situation I found myself in where God super duper blessed our family and showed us a house that uh, really m- seems to meet our needs. And it's in the right location, it's everything we ever wanted in a house, and then 10 times that. And almost, that's true, it's almost like ridiculously beyond what we would have asked or thought of. Which is what scripture says. God can do. And that's not really an indication of, you know, how perfect I am. It's more of an indication of how good God is. But I was thinking about the fact that I had believed that the lord had given us some land and this is maybe seven eight years ago um, upon which we would be building a home that we had really been excited about for an entire eight whole years and but it was just really going to be costly and because of that we considered other options and one was looking for house to purchase on land that because we knew we wanted land so here here I am looking around and all of a sudden we found this perfect gem so we find it it's so ridiculously perfect that it's almost you know hand-picked for us okay so I could say God provided the house he he certainly could have and I uh, I don't know the answer to that. I believe that we're blessed. But here I am, was holding on to this land and and all through that eight years I'm thinking, you know, this is what God had provided us. And one can try to outthink God and second guess God and wonder, "Well, did I hear right before should I have not bought the land?" I I seriously believe that we were supposed to buy that land. And you know, God can use situations in your life, whether it's according to the final plan for your life, or just a season. I think, you know, we could have really heard from Him, and yes, we were supposed to buy that land, and yes, I am turning around and selling it as we speak. But a lot of things happened on that land that wouldn't have happened otherwise. A lot of relationship building, a lot of bonfires... And, but I think more importantly, it got our dream juices flowing. If you know what I'm saying, you know we might not have we might not have been able to think out what we wanted, our desires um, that we think are good desires that God has given us. We might not have been able to believe for that had we not taken a first step. Which was kind of a a face step, buying that land. But even more than that, I was thinking, through this whole process, um, I was thinking, you know, God, I spent some cash on this land to modify it. I put a driveway in it because that was a, a dirt drive so that when building took place, it would be set up so that we could get heavy equipment in and out and all that. And that wasn't cheap. And you could look at that as kind of like a waste. Waste of money. Because I end up not, you know, recouping any of that money. And... I'm thinking, you know, did I do the wrong thing? No, I don't think so. I think I... I acted according to what I believed the uh, the desire of our heart was. What we believed was God's kind of intent for the land and for us. And we kind of knew that we were through a waiting period. So we are just trusting in the Lord through that whole thing. So I don't think I misheard him to put in the driveway. But still, the land is going to sell... And that driveway might even be taken out by the new owners. Could happen. And so I, when I look at stuff like that, I think, man, that's just a waste of money. I hate that. I don't know if it's the, the Dutch in me or what it is. Um, just don't like seeing money wasted. And God reminded me a little bit of, well, yeah, but you don't need to really worry about that. For one thing, it's history stuff, and it's not affecting your current life. At least, if I don't obsess over it, it's not going to affect my current life. So then, shall we not worry? All right, let me change that. We shall not worry about that. Okay, I won't worry about it. And... It's almost like God was saying to me, Did I not provide to you a new place that, oh, by the way, has a paved driveway that happens to be even longer? Which I'm really excited about winter. (laughs) But, uh, really, I am. I am excited about winter. Because I know God will provide what I need to clear that driveway. I really believe that, so... Not a problem. But it's kind of like he's saying, I know you had a desire on that land. I have stepped up the game, and I have given you way more than you thought, way more than you sought after. And I start to think now, as I think about it, that I believe God gives us certain things... And blesses us for a purpose. Because I do not think my purpose is to sit on my backside and do nothing. I believe my purpose aligns with the desires that God puts in our heart. And by the way, I've always contended when I talk to folks in the past that. You know, if you don't know what God's speaking to you, just see the desires that are in your heart. I've always said this. If if the desires in your heart are not contrary to Scripture, and you know, the only way you're going to know that is if you're in the Word to know if it's contrary to Scripture. But if you know that it's not contrary to Scripture, then go for it. There's so many different angles on this planet. If you love to build birdhouses and you are fanatic about putting felt-lined birdhouses into the UP of Michigan, then do that. You know, with little chandeliers hanging down from the ceiling because, you know, some birds dig that. If that's your calling, do it. I don't know what would cause you to want to do something like that that would be an evil desire unless maybe squirrels are speaking to you in your sleep and they're saying if you make the felt lined bird houses I shall eat more birds because they will get trapped in the felt I don't think that's happening besides I don't think squirrels sound like that at all I'm pretty convinced they speak French well anyway, if you've got this desire, whatever it is, and it doesn't go contrary to scripture, I say go for it. And and here's why, because I was listening to my buddy Maxim Clean this morning and it was in Psalms 37.4 I think. In fact, I'm going to whip up uh, Max in a minute, so you can hear the smooth, velvet sounds of his voice. But anyway, in Psalms, there it talks about, you know, when you're seeking the ways of the Lord, He will give you your des- He will give you the desires of your heart. Interesting. You mean I can have desires in my heart that the Lord will want to? make happen you better believe it guess how i think that works he says when you are seeking him and you are wanting to do his uh you know life the way life is according to god's plan the desires that are in your heart will be one totally uniquely you because god created you to be you not anyone else And two, because you're seeking after him and you have the heart of God in you, you will seek after the things that he is wanting to seek after. So don't be surprised, velvet birdhouse lady, that if that's your thing and you're following the word of God, God will use that. I don't know how. I but he will there will be something you'll be at the Velvet Birdhouse Convention one day and who knows man you might be single in your 40s and your 50s I don't know I'm just spitballing here and there's another guy there who's been waiting his whole life for a woman who makes velvet birdhouses. You see, because he builds the birdhouses, but he's always known that there's something missing. And he sees you across that crowded convention hall center filled with rubber-made containers for chicken houses and... Well, I'm just not going to go there. I just, I don't know what I'm talking about. But he sees you across that crowded room. And he sees that beautiful green velvet, black velvet, red velvet stand that you have going on. And that birdhouse that you built. And he's saying, you know what? I can build you a better birdhouse. Let's get together and, and make this thing happen. And boom! God's plan comes together because... At age 50, you start having kids like crazy and, well, maybe not, but fruit happens. Your life becomes fruitful because you saw that guy, you saw that girl, and all because you followed your dream that God put in your heart. Hey, it can happen. I can tell you. It can happen. Trust God. Do what's in the, Do the desire of your heart. Do you not have a desire today? I'm trying to convince my kids to really seek their heart and find out what their desires are. They're teenagers, and I know, I, I know we try to grow our kids up pretty fast in this day and age. So I, I'm sensitive to that. But I also want them thinking about the future. And I really seriously, seriously want them thinking about the future because... If you're just seeking the future as the place where the job happens, I think that's really minimizing your potential. The future is where your dream happens I want my kids to dream big because if there's one thing I've learned through life is that God can blow the biggest dream that you ever had out of the water so dream big and then let them make it bigger and when when I say dream big Whatever it is that your dream is right now, your desire, make sure it make sure it's kind of driven by the, the heart of God in your life. But chase after it. Do it. Make it happen. Help or ask him to help you make it happen. That's the best way to go. If you feel like you're you're fighting against something to make it happen, it's okay. As long as what you're fighting against is, you know, I don't know, the competition. If you've got a business you want to start and you've got competition, sure, there's going to be somebody who doesn't want you to succeed in the natural. But I think you can tell when you're spending time with the Lord whether or not that opposition is Him in the in the realm of the Spirit or if it's just a natural opposition. I say do it. Don't lose your mind doing it. Nothing's worth that. So, you know, make sure you stay healthy emotionally in this process. But go after something. I've been reading a book about writing because I'd like to write. And one of the chapters is about needing to write even when, you know, you're faced with critics all about you right anyway. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they think. It matters if you're following that dream. Follow your dream. Now you know how I say in the the desires of your heart the Lord will help make those happen. I have always kind of figured that the desire that you have um, is a two two way street, because there's also a scripture that says desire uh, leads to sin, and then sin leads to death. So you need to make sure that the desire you have, like I said before, it just it needs to align with with God's plan, with God's heart, with the laws that are established that are spiritual laws you know if my desire was to take the life of someone obviously that is not according to the will of God and that brings death to me don't follow dreams like that and if today you have struggled with thoughts that are dark like that, that you know don't align with the way God would have you live, seek out good counsel. You know, Friday afternoon I had recorded a supplement to to my Friday the ride, and I don't know why. I just felt like I needed to talk a little bit about um totally blew it. I I totally lost what I was talking about. I needed to talk about challenges we face in our walk with the Lord. Oh, and also that you got to be very careful who you hang with. I just realized Oh, never mind. I thought I missed my exit. Never mind. You got to be careful about who you hang with. And if... So getting back to the desire thing, if you're dealing with dark desires or you're not even sure if if they are appropriate desires, you don't really know. Maybe you don't know the Lord strong enough to know whether or not this is, you know, a, a good thing or a bad thing. Seek wise counsel. if you're not attending a church, I want to encourage you to begin attending a church. find something that find a place where it feels like when you go in, you are getting fed. And I, don't, and I know that's kind of spiritual Christianese kind of talk, but I think you know what I mean. When you go somewhere and it feels like your your heart and your spirit and you and your mind are renewed that's that's a good thing. And establish some relationships there and then get to a point where you can talk to a pastor about some of these things that that you're dealing with. You need to do you need to do that discussion with someone who you've come to trust do that seek wise counsel because on on Friday's the ride I was talking about how you know you can hang out with the opposite of wise counsel and you're not supposed to sit in the seat of the scornful you are supposed to be hanging out with people who have a like mind of Christ. That's what, I, and I use that word appropriately, I think. Hanging out. You hang out with people who you're like minded with. Doesn't mean that those are the only people you are with, or that those are the only people that you encourage. But when you hang out, You need to be hanging out with like-minded people. Just like... When we marry, we're to be hanging out or living our life with someone we're equally yoked with. Which is another Christianese term. It simply means that you are in a place where you complement each other in your walk with the Lord. Not that you're identical. That's not what complement means. Complement means that where you might be a little weak in this area, the other one is strong in that area. Um, But you're kind of along the same... um, you're, You're kind of walking along the same path equally yoked helping each other along in the differences but you're kind of but you're equally moving along the same path unequally yoked if you picture oxen with a yoke on their necks two of them side by side unequally yoked would be one is wanting to go off in this other direction contrary to the direction the other one is going that's unequally yoked and it can be very dangerous and be be very painful for the relationship. So, I guess I said all that to say, make sure you're hanging with the right crowd. And while we're talking about marriage stuff, hey, I got some time. If I were to say to some single dating couple who was contemplating marriage, I was just telling my wife this last night. If I had one thing to say to you, okay, so if if you're listening right now and you're contemplating marriage with this other person, I would say to each of you, are you ready to spend the entirety of your life meeting the need of that other person? Are you willing to do that if they become sick, if they become incapacitated, heaven forbid, if they become, if they fall in the sense that they become less equally yoked than you think you are right now? Will you still seek God and seek out this relationship and grow that relationship to the best of your ability? Will you do that until the day you die? Will you tell me right now that you are willing to do that? And not only that, not only tell me, but tell the other person, I am willing to do that. Because you need to be. (laughs) You need to be able to do that. Marriage is not something that is light. It is heavy. Not in a sense of dreary heavy, but the importance of that covenant relationship is so important that you cannot go into it lightly. That's what I'm trying to say. You got a mean business. If you have second thoughts about being able to say what I just said, you need to put it off. I can say that. I know that it it doesn't make you feel good. But you need to put it off if you cannot say that. You, in a marriage covenant, you are giving yourself to the other person. You are saying, hey person, I'm the gift, here you go. And they're doing the same. My life is no longer my own. It's very much like when you give your life to the Lord. You are saying, you know what, I surrender to you. My ways that I did things... It's not going to be my way anymore. It's not going to be my way or the highway. It's going to be your way. And there is no other alternative. And in a marriage covenant, you've got to approach it that way. I know that that seems pretty heavy. It is. But that, if you can do that, that makes marriage so unheavy. I don't know if that came across right, but what I mean is when you live your life in marriage that way, it makes the process of life with a married partner so much easier. There's no question whether or not you're hanging around. You're hanging around. And I'm talking, I'm talking about a situation Wow, I just went back to uh, junior high, my voice. Uh, I'm just talking about a healthy relationship. I am not necessarily talking about when things are very unhealthy. I'm not touching on that, not today. I'm not ready to do that, but I will. So if you're dealing with that kind of situation, stay tuned. My disclaimer is I am not a psychologist. And I do not have a thing on the wall that tells you that you can trust me 100%. Therefore, whatever I say to you, you need to see if I'm telling you the truth or not. According to scripture. Will you do that? Thank you. It takes all the pressure off me. But when you are in a marriage relationship and you are approaching it, like I just said, in a, in that way where you are surrendering your best for the other and both of you are doing this that's ultimate awesomeness that's beyond awesome but what gets heavy is if you're unwilling to do that and you approach marriage very lightly and then in marriage you find that it's very hard. It's very heavy. If I came up to you and said, How's things going? Oh, man, things are heavy, man. I could say, Well, are you, are you giving yourself to the other person, um, seeking the best for them? Well, no, because they don't do it for me. Why would I do that? And we've all been there, too. I mean, we've all said that. If we're honest... it's a process you're not going to be perfect from day one I'm not perfect and I'm day I don't know 3,700 3, or something I don't know 17 times 365 whatever that is and I and I could be married for 60 years and still not be perfect but I know the one who is perfect. And my spouse does too. So let's not have a heavy marriage. And so getting back to that young, engaged couple, you got to be able to say what I mentioned. If you have any qualms about that, then you need to put it on hold. Remember back it up in the Word of God don't tell your mother-in-law or your soon-to-be mother-in-law that rusty James told you to delay the wedding well you know what you can tell her just don't be mad at me and and tell her not to be mad at me I promise you if you get things right from the get-go in the sense that you're willing to seek the other ones best you're going to have a better situation Let's nip this divorce trend. Let's just nip it. Well, I think I've said my piece for today. So I promised you that we were going to hear Max McLean. I think I've got him ready to go here. Now, remember, I'm driving, so no texting allowed. So, I better have had this guy ready to go. Where is he? I have to go to my main menu. Max, where are you? Max McLean. Turn up the volume. Play. Psalm 37 of David. Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh yeah. Commit your oh, will. Yeah. to him. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Your vindication like the noonday sun. Oh, yeah. Be still before the Lord. Good stuff. wait patiently. Like the noonday sun. Oh, I think I must have to do a Bible rendition myself. Do you think that it will work? This is Max McLean, and I shall read the Bible to you today. <laughs> That's a little Australian, though. I'm not quite sure what I was doing there. But anyway... I think that's enough for today. I'm glad you took this ride with me. And I will see you on the flip.